Lord, we celebrate your presence. We worship your presence. Oh, Lord, we praise you. You are the Alpha, the Omega. You are the beginning. You are the end, Lord God. Oh, we continue in your presence. Oh, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Oh, we, oh, we continue, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, reach out and touch him on this. This Pentecost Sunday. Oh, this is the day the Holy Spirit was poured out upon all flesh. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Lord, as we celebrate today, we celebrate not only Pentecost Sunday, but we celebrate Memorial Day. Uh, it's a day where we give honor to those our armed forces who get paid the ultimate sacrifice. They gave, they gave their lives for our freedoms. I'm going to ask you all to stand back up. Come on. And let's just give them a moment of silence in honor of those fallen that paid so much for us. Thank you, Lord. give you praise, Lord. We thank those for those soldiers, those armed forces members that paid the ultimate price for us. We give you glory, Lord. We give them honor. And as we celebrate Pentecost Sundays, we celebrate the birthday of the church. For this is the day the Holy Spirit was poured out. This was the day the Lord poured out his spirit on all flesh and people were able to be saved through the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus name we thank you amen, amen. okay Lord 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 have mercy Acts chapter 1 on this Pentecost Sunday. Verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is what it's all about. As we look at the message today, as we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. It's going to come mostly from the book of Acts. It's a very significant day in the New Testament church.
I mean, in the Old Testament, they celebrated this day as the wheat harvest. And they also had different people in the Old Testament who the Holy Spirit would pour himself out upon. But here we have the Holy Spirit poured out upon all those that are willing to receive it, all those that are willing to receive what Jesus told them they would have. When we think of Pentecost, a lot of times you think of the modern Pentecost believers. Those, as my mother used to say, oh, you're a holy roller. <laughs> you're one of them. But we should really think about what God has done and how the Holy Spirit birthed the church and how it opened the doors for all the people of the world to be saved. How it opened the door and became the key to growth in the church. And as we look through some of these passages, we'll see what began this Pentecostal movement. Jesus began by saying, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, the one I told you about. Now, you've got a bunch of people that Jesus has given this message to. You find it in Acts chapter 1, verse 12. It says, they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem. It's called a Sabbath day journey. Now, people during the Sabbath, the Israelites were allowed to travel about three quarters of a mile. That was all they were allowed. So we know the Mount of Olives was three quarters of a mile from where they needed to go. And when they entered, they went up to the upper room. And there was Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas the son of James. And so they also continued in one accord with prayer and supplication. The women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So all these people are gathered together. All these people are up there in this upper room and they're waiting for this gift that the Father has given them. The one the Father has promised. Give me a, your microphone. Something's driving me crazy. Uh, yeah, you're going to. Snap, crackle, pop. It sounds like a cereal. Pop, pop, pop. So here they are, all in this upper room, waiting for the gift. Now, Jesus described it as best he could. But how do you describe to somebody the power of the Holy Spirit? I mean, a lot of you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know what it is, but how do you describe it to someone? Especially someone that's never even heard of it. So the apostles, 
They received the promise of power for their ministry. Their lips were being touched by the purity of fire like in the book of Isaiah. When Isaiah the, the seraphim came and, and touched his lips with that hot cold and purified it. He said, your sins are forgiven. Here they are, they're all getting these cloves of fire are dripping down on them. And it's very, very similar. And they had this power and they were devoted and they changed the world. They changed the world. And the church today in North America has a hard time changing its own community. But yet they changed the entire world. They did not have power to birth the church before this. Their strength was in God. They trusted God. Them on their own, they could not do any of this. Just like we can't. We can go out and, and we can talk to somebody about Jesus. But unless the Holy Spirit is with us, unless that power is over us, we're not going to be able to communicate what God would have us communicate. We're just not. It just becomes conversation without the Holy Spirit. Notice what God did. He came in sound. It said it sound like a mighty rushing wind. Now those of you that have been in South Florida for a while, you know what a mighty rushing wind sounds? You've been through some hurricanes. You understand those. So you can understand this. And then it affected their sight because they said it looked like cloves of fire touching them. It looked like cloves of fire. And then it affected their speech because it said they all began to speak in tongues different languages that the people could understand. I mean, you couldn't explain this. How are you going to explain to somebody that's never experienced it? You know, could you imagine if Jesus said, well, you're going to go to this upper room. You're going to sit down and you're going to pray. And then all of a sudden you're going to hear this mighty wind come through. And then that not be done by the wind. These flames of fire are going to drip down on your shoulders. He said, not only that, you're going to start speaking in a language you don't know. I mean, can you just imagine how confused they were if he'd have done that? But he didn't do that. He just said, you wait for the gift. The gift the Father would bring. Psalms, verse 20, uh, verse 7 of chapter 20, says, Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And this is what was going on in the upper room. This is what needs to go on in the body of Christ. We need to trust God. We need to quit trusting ourselves. Those of you that have been battling between the flesh and the spirit know darn well 
every time you turn it over the flesh, it doesn't work out too well. Your circumstances don't seem to get better. They just get to be more turmoil. The entire Pentecost story is about faith. The faith that filled the men and the women that sought God and trusted him. And these people, like most of us, are going to trust God until the day we die. Our last day on earth, we're still going to be trusting God. Since the days of Pentecost, the whole church put aside every other work, and they waited for him. They waited for the Spirit's power to be manifested. They went to that upper room, they prayed, they got in one accord, they're all praying for the gift the Father is going to send, not really knowing what it is, but they trusted God, and they knew God would deliver exactly what they needed. So the question becomes, can this church be a light in its community? What can God do through this church? Not what we can do on our own, but what can God do to help us reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus? We see in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. <laughs> Apparently, he has never been to South Florida. <laughs> now, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike and they shall prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark, the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. People from all over the known world were present to witness this outpouring of the Spirit. Jesus wanted them to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. And they were. All these people came from all over. And they witnessed this. They witnessed everything that was going on. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, it says, God our Savior, 
who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. 1 John 4.14 And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as the Savior of the world. Acts chapter 2 verse 11 Both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and all will hear these speaking in their own language and the wonderful things that God has done. That's what we need to speak. The wonderful things that God has done in our lives. And all of you have that. God has done wonderful things in all of your lives. Every single one of you has been touched by the Lord. In Acts chapter 2, verse 32, it says, God raised Jesus from the dead. And we were all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of the highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And as the Father has promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. This is Peter still talking. He's telling them what they're seeing. This is the day of Pentecost. And we can experience this all the time. We have every single day that we can take advantage of this. He says, for David himself never ascended into heaven. Yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies and make them footstools under your feet. This is where God's going to put your enemies. It's not where you're going to put them. It's where God's going to put them. God is the one that's going to protect us. God is the one that's going to lead us down the path. It is God, and we need to trust in him. We need to trust in his power. We need to trust in all that he's doing. So let everyone in Israel, it says, this is verse 36, know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Now Peter's kind of rubbing it in a little bit to those people that are there, because he's letting them know it's you guys that crucified Jesus, not me. Nope. He said, all I did is whack off the guy's ear. Okay. <laughs> You guys crucified him. And he says, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And he said to them and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent. Repent is tough. It's very easy to say those words. Oh, I repented. Did you really? Was your heart really in it? Because your heart has to be there. God, God sees your heart. You can pull the wool over man's eyes. 
and pull it over God's eyes. And then it says, this promise is to you, to your children, and to those that are far away, all who have called by the Lord our God. All of you have been called. You just have to be willing to receive it. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, But we have all been baptized into one body, by one spirit, and we shall share the same spirit. We all have the Holy Spirit. All that want it. It's the same spirit in me as in you. Same spirit, same God. This is the message that Peter's trying to get out. The Holy Spirit came to be our counselor, came to be our comforter. He has comforted me many times, especially with some of the health issues I've dealt with. But I've been at total peace. He's comforted me through some personal struggles that I've had with people. And he's counseled me. And I'm sure he's done the same for each and every one of you if you call upon his name. The problem is we let ourselves get in the way sometimes. But he came to help us and through this life to speak a message of hope to the world. These are the mighty works of God. This message is a focus. It's an attention to be worthy and spread throughout the world. I mean, how great would it be to to know that each and every one of you have the power to give someone eternal life. Each and every one of you have the authority to heal the sick, to raise the dead. You have the authority to give life to those that are lost, to those that are dying. You have that authority. God has given it to you. There's no medal, there's no honor, there's no anything that I can give you or anybody else can give you that is any higher than what God has given each and every one of you. Don't throw it away. Don't let it just go to waste. As we seek to be filled with a spirit in our own lives, give credit where credit is due. God is doing wonderful things in our lives. We may not see miracles that are happening every day right before our eyes, but each one of you can take a moment and just reflect on a miracle that you've seen We should never be shy about praising God. We should never be shy about praising God. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, it says, They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in their homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that just glorious? 
the way that God just adds the numbers. And it doesn't, they're at people's houses sitting down, having meals, talking, praising God. And God is doing a great work. Are you going to proclaim the great works of God in your life? I mean, each of you have that great opportunity to just give it to God, to give him the glory. You can say to somebody, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Look what the Lord has done. Are you going to face the challenge with the faith and the hope that you can have an answer for? It's a challenge. It's hard to go out there in this world today and face what we face in this culture and stand up for what we believe as Christians. It is tough, but it's got to be done. We are the difference makers. We're the ones that are going to make it all. We're the ones that are going to make the difference. Are you going to let today pass like any other Sunday? Run home from church. There's people that are sitting in churches everywhere today that by the time they get home, they're going to remember nothing. They won't be touched at all. They're just there in body. They're just there in body. The thing about this church is we have people that are qualified to share the gospel everywhere. Amen. We have people that know enough and have enough gifts in them that they can do this. Yes. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit is active in our world today. He creates and gives life. He reproves. He comforts. He helps our infirmities. He teaches. He guides us. And he sanctifies people. He dwells in the lives of the believers of Jesus Christ. And he can be active in your life as well. He can be active if you just activate him. Get him going. This Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God encourages us. He urges us through hearing the good news and through hearing the gospel. These are the things you need to do. These are the things. He enlightens us. He equips us. And he teaches us through gifts of the Spirit. And some of you have so many gifts. There's so much that you're all qualified to do. There's so many gifts God has poured out on you guys. Don't let them go. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit breathed life into the church of Jesus Christ. And just as he breathes life into this church today, nothing has changed. 2,000 years ago, he breathed life in that upper room, and today he breathes it here. From within that tightly enclosed little room, just like we're in it, that room may not even been this big. They went out and they hit the streets of Jerusalem. 
And it would continue to move them in unexpected ways and unanticipated directions. You never know what God's going to do with you. You never know how God's going to use you. You never know how God's going to touch you. I mean, you may think, oh, God wants me to do this, so God wants me to do that. But then God turns around and has you do something totally different. You know, the Holy Spirit's grit takes us into uncharted territory sometimes. We know the wind blows where it wants, right? The wind blows as it wills. You don't know where it comes from and you don't know where it goes. It's the same thing with the Spirit of God. You don't know when it's going to touch you, when it's going to move you to do something, but you know you have to be obedient. And obey God. The Spirit breathes on those He chooses. It directs us in areas that we would never, ever, ever anticipate. I would never expect to have been up here in my life. Some of you would never expect to be where you are. But God is a God that just moves. So exciting, isn't it? To see what God has done in the lives. We should just celebrate the victories God has given us. We should just enjoy the time God has poured out his spirit upon us. It's like the spirit runs alongside of us every single day. He's right there to encourage us. He's there to pick us up when we fall. He's there to strengthen us when we feel weak. He's there to take us up the hills and help us make it. He's there to take us over the rough terrain of life. He will continue to push us through unseen venues. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and move in this church. Let's all stand. pray that the Holy Spirit leads you all down a path to glorify God, to take you into places you've never gone, to be there at your lowest moment, to be there with you at the top of the mountain, to be with you no matter what you're going through. Let the Holy Spirit bring you peace, joy, comfort, 